welcome to episode two of I Sit Alone. <clears throat> Sorry, I uh, haven't really been speaking uh, very much, um, even though we're in the middle of a pandemic and it's been about like nine months or something like that. Um, it's a uh, It's actually November 30th, 2020. Um, Let's let's get back into some detail. Um, I'm in my apartment, uh, which is in Minneapolis. Um, I'd say it's somewhat of a... I mean, it's pretty much the ghetto. Um, although it's also really close to like the hip, trendy spots. So it's like this um, late 20s, early 30s kind of vibe. Uh, the young power couple, or young couple, or adult party type people. And also kind of thrive in this area. And then there's the other locals too, um, and it's pretty diverse, I'd say. Um, definitely not the greatest of uh, economic backgrounds here, but uh, everyone makes do with it. Um, it's kind of grown on me. At first, uh, it's kind of like this stale feeling the city. Um, I moved in in the winter of 2019. Uh, I had just kind of gotten back off of my feet. Um, spent about a year and a half with uh, my brother helping him fix houses while trying to sort out my my problems um, but uh, I keep backtracking to these stories it's, <laughs> let's see where was I um, <laughs> uh, okay well let's get back to today living in Minneapolis uh, Minneapolis uh, so uh, what I kind of want to talk about is uh, for I want to say the last 10 to 10 to 12 months um, ago I haven't really made anything that um, I felt was uh, really worthwhile. I'd say proud, but um, proud might be strong because I kind of just want to always feel uh, that reaching that moment of content where I know that if I push any farther, um, it just uh, doesn't need more. Uh, it, it's kind of like a weird, delicate balance. Um, I see it in a lot of different things too. Um, I kind of get that because uh, when when I think about myself, I think of my perspective and where it comes from, and I'd say it's pretty heavily um, uh, engrossed in this idea that. Uh, you can kind of think of life as uh, a simulation and then uh, you can kind of see everyone that's around you is just another you in a different body in, in a different time and space but it's still just you because you're also human and you can relate to those experiences because you pretty much already have 
all the answers inside of you. You really just have to ask yourself the right question. Um, and again, I kind of want to bring this back to where I live right now. Um, I keep circling back to living here and uh, my experiences with art because I feel like um, there needs to be another plateau to reach in growth. Um, I feel stagnant. Um, I've been working on this art project for I want to say since 2014, early 2014. I wasn't even really sure what it was for like those six months. It was just like this crazy, weird exploration of like what a line is. And then as I sat deeper into my depression, running away from family, uh, giving up my career, giving up years of time and dedication to making sure I was talented and I was dedicated to the craft. I thought I was prepared to do animation, traditional animation, and I thought I'd be able to blend that into other career aspects if needed. And I kind of did, like I was doing rotoscoping, but I think I got too afraid and stuck into one niche of job task. Like, I just felt too afraid of trying to jump into doing more compositing, more 3D modeling, and 3D animating. Um, and I didn't really get into like color correcting or film editing very heavily. Like I would say that I have some experiences with some of it, but if I'm being 100% honest with myself, I'm not super confident in it, but I know that if I spend the time, I'd be able to get what I want if I know what I want out of it. And I feel like I know the right people that would be able to help me if I need to put together. Um, and I've found about recently how to kind of put that together more and more is originally I wanted to do this thing about attraction. And I wanted to do this like 10 year plan of putting something together around it. Um, and I was thinking something like a gallery presentation or something. Um, but I wasn't thinking of how to connect that gap because there's definitely a gap. There's like knowledge and then there's ex execution. And you can have all these ideas as much as you want, but if you don't execute, you, you go nowhere. I mean, miss all the shots you don't take um, and I feel like I'm just overwhelming myself with information about everything um, again it's the year of the pandemic so um, it's kind of hard to wrap my head around a lot of things I've just been thinking to myself about all these problems I believe I have and I feel like they're self-inflicted just because of how heavy I leaned on art being everything for me. Um, and that is something I feel like it's hard to explain to everyone. Um, and if I try to explain it, it's just too heavy. Um, it's kind of like everyone gives you that look where 
Why are you putting this on me? Why are you ruining my day? And I don't know, it's it's really sad to see. I mean, when I look at another person and I'm just looking for a moment to connect. It's just not there. Like it at certain moments I feel like I hit it really well, but it's kind of like this weird moment where people are kind of in shock about how in-depth things are kind of falling into place in conversations. I don't know, it's it's weird. Um, when, I, when I bring it into like what I do now, having left Hollywood and with all these like lips and eyes and heavily focused on expressions and developing patterns and symbols I'm, I'm kind of layering these different principles that I've kind of picked up in animation like it's a lot to do with layering and composition and uh, playing with the idea of readability. Um, it's it's kind of like being able to see multiple scenes on top of one image so you can kind of see a little bit of everything. Um, it's, it's playing with a multitude of things because it creates a delusional feeling of time and what you're looking at. Um, just because there's so much detail that you can kind of pick out by pure imagination. Um, so when, when I think about this stuff and I apply it to like attraction, um, I'm looking at the expressions of people and those interactions and I'm really honing in on as much detail as possible. I know for me it's it's kind of it's kind of like fucking me up inside a lot. Um, I want to say that like um, like the most common thing I've been writing down recently is just this narrative that always reoccurs and it's happened like six or seven times of. I'm in a situation where I'm minding my own business and then I get blindsided by something and it might just be me kind of like putting it out there as in this context that I'm being blindsided but I feel like it anyway. Like the most recent example is that I have this neighbor and uh there was, I wouldn't say an incident, but it was a meeting of two people. It was, it was like an awkward introduction, um, I guess you can say. Uh, it's something like two people meet, <laughs> and then things go crazy, and then they can't be friends. <laughs> so, with this situation um, the reason why I laugh at it at this point is because it's happened to me six or seven times already Um, I'm not even really being too detailed about it but it's always pretty much the same scenario Um, things are okay things are normal until um, there's something that happens either in them or either in me in the way that it's perceived but the art just seems like it comes off as super personable and clicks into this weird idea of like a romance story intertwined with all this thing um it's really really weird and messed up like 
I, I can't really go into like a, a situation where I can just be myself without my art and then vice versa I kind of feel conflicted because if I'm making art there's certain things I'm pondering and a lot of that is to do with who I am as a person as a man uh, and then that relationship what defines a man you can't be a man without a woman otherwise you're just a human so <laughs> it, there's all these just weird things that I've just been comprehending um, and sh- reshaping in my mind um, spending countless of hours in front of a mirror uh, putting post-it notes everywhere and kind of reminding myself of all these things that like I want to shape myself into being and I don't know if it really worked um, I just know that I cried in front of a mirror a lot of times for long hours um, and I definitely was super serious and it made a lot of people around me uncomfortable that's for sure um, part of me didn't care that I did the other part of me really felt like something was still worthwhile for me doing what I was doing Um, because I mean like I said or the thing I said I felt like I was running away um, from a lot of I guess you can say trauma but more like family politics from a big family um, I don't know I'm, I'm a son of a refugee of a people who have no country um, and the way I learned about my people's story is through my lack of understanding of my people, my culture, my language, and my family history. Um, and again, this kind of circles back into like attraction. Because I can't really tell the story of other people and their relationship with attraction. But when I think about all these different concepts within art, when I think about something that I can acknowledge after developing this strange style um, that uses all these like complexities of trying to retain memory and putting it down on paper um, with all these different principles of animation and just life drawing um, like I wanted to see about maybe pulling this into my people, my culture. Um, that's kind of the step that I want to take now. The reason I say that now is because um, in the last few days, uh, having met this neighbor, um, I realized that I was in this weird space because of my art and it's kind of bled into other aspects of my life um it's kind of really strange bizarre and i know i need professional help in kind of sorting this out because um some of the triggers of what i'm thinking of things uh feel very strange to me like if I were to talk to a person normally like I have no problem talking to him about almost any topic but when I get to a certain point in talking about my art after explaining it there's this weird downward spiral 
that happens after the conversation. It's it's kind of like um, like things go sour pretty fast, and it's not just like specifically men or women or a specific age group. Um, I see it in various uh, sample sizes, if you if you want to say that, in terms of like encounters of people. Um, but the ones that hit me the most are definitely women. As a man, I'm affected by those. Um, one because my lack of experience, or two, um, my level of attraction for a woman. Uh, and I want to say when I go about my day usually when I'm making this stuff looking back at the last 8 years or so um, I don't mind just going at it and making art in public or in my private space I have no care in the world about it but there's these moments where bystanders come by they gawk at it, and it's fine, uh, men and women do it, but like I said before, the women, over time, there's, there's this weird defensive coping mechanism or something where I immediately go into this flight mode, you can say, or lock up into this friend zone mode, and I feel like it's closely associated with um, uh, relying on my art as a crutch for a lot of things Um, especially when I was homeless didn't have anything unemployed uh, and running away from family which again is what I was talking about earlier it's just this constant like throbbing headache of problems um but I want to say that like I am better now I look at like I look at having a full time job 401k all these things and on surface level if my goal were to have a family and have kids, this would be the path. But I'm on this path and I am unfucking happy as hell. Like, I sit there and look at the shit that I used to do. All this art, all this crazy ambition that was inside of me. It's just gone. It's just gone. Like, I look at what I can do, and I know I can do it. But the the lack of motivation, the lack of fearlessness, like that ambition, is gone. Like, I've never felt so empty inside. Like, this is the shit I was telling my neighbor, who I'm pretty sure I freaked the fuck out because no one's expecting to meet someone and then they just can't stop talking about their own problems. (laughs) Well, I've met a few, but no one was nearly as crazy as I was, I feel like. And I know that, but, I mean, I mean, she was cute and everything, but at the same time, like, knowing who I am and what I am I'm just not that person um, and part of it is because I feel like there is this weird uh, on and off switch in my head that I, I haven't sorted out um, and it's always been putting me in fight or flight but, and most of the time it's just run out the door as quickly as possible um 
I, I think uh, I need coaching. Is what I think I need. Um, which is interesting because when I think about all this hard stuff, like you think you need coaching, and you do. Um, but there's things that we just need to keep telling ourselves that are kind of like blueprinted into just the nature of what we do as human beings. Um, you know, like morality. It's just kind of built into like our different habits, our hobbies, and culture, and lifestyle, you know? Um, and when I think about that, in these last couple of months, actually, what's interesting is I started doing research about my my family and our culture and learning a bit of our history, and it's always kind of interesting that, like, when you kind of connect the dots of, like, uh, DNA and how 30% of it is genetically tied to language, um, and I think about our people... Um, who supposedly have a history of 4,000 years um, that is associated in China um, and uh, being Hmong it's kind of interesting because we're a group of refugees that left China and came to Laos and then because of the Vietnam War and the CIA leaning on the Hmong people and using them to assist in the Vietnam War uh, pitted us against the Lao Kingdom and so we had to become refugees again and went to Thailand while other people went to um, Australia and France and Canada and then we eventually went to the U.S. Um, but from what they say online, we are we are the first uh, largest um, group of refugees that migrated to the U.S. There's always been refugees before, but not in the large numbers like us. Um, and it's kind of interesting because it, this research kind of dove, dove into a lot of these other aspects of like um, how many last names there are in the Hmong culture uh, of clans and let's um, say what's also interesting is like the, the actual culture itself it's it's preserved predominantly by women through a lot of traditions and customs. I imagine there are some for men too, um, but the the showiest ones are definitely from the women. Um, I think men and women in the culture, from what I understand, it's equal for all of them to play uh, instruments. I don't think there's anything in particular that's shaming it um maybe not my research um but what's what's really interesting is the um fabric making and then also the the music more particularly the the songs um I'll start with the songs first before I go into the fashion stuff but the song stuff, it's, what's interesting is that, um, when, what we know as now as the Hmong written language, I think it's like Hmong RPG or RPA or something like that, um, I forget what it specifically is and what it stands for, but it's, uh, it's the Hmong language on written form because, uh, what we used to have as written form uh, were on books that were supposedly lost in the river, uh, crossing the Mekong River, um, leaving China into Vietnam, or Laos, I think it was. Uh, I don't have the 
the internet right in front of my fingertips right now, so you have to forgive me on this. Um, but <laughs> again, with the traditions and cultures, since there wasn't anything written down, everything they told was by by word of mouth um, for generations. That's all stories that they told, all songs, and then just the language itself. And I, I also imagine that um, uh, the the Hmong language became superly um, heavily cited in the tonal language category because of uh, the conditions of their living. Um, from what I understand, the Hmong uh, or the Mao uh, people. Um, have usually lived in the mountains, so I think they make use of uh, the vast landscape. So that's where the usage of tones in the language come into play. Um, I'm not a linguist, so uh, I wouldn't recommend uh, myself uh, trying to pronounce some of these words in Hmong. Uh, just because I don't have anything written down and my Hmong is pretty lame. (laughs) Like, I'm not really educated at all. Um, Again, going back to family, it's a lot to do with uh, being the youngest of my mother, uh, of 13 children, of a kind of polygamist lifestyle that I grew up in. Um, from my parents I'd say uh, I don't recommend this experience for everyone um, because there's always going to be uh, unpredictable perspectives that collide and another thing too is different siblings form uh, partnerships and create um, miniature skirmishes against other siblings. Um, it's really weird. As the youngest of my mother, I kept seeing all these different choices that my siblings would make, and it was just so unappealing knowing that, like, this is what life is going to be when I grow older. Um, and with all the moving I did, like, I think it was 20 different, like, households, physical households that I moved to, um, before I graduated high school and went to college. Um, like, you can kind of imagine that, like, someone who doesn't really have all these, like, really well-shaped, um, uh, like foundational development uh, characteristics. It's it's kind of very strange to go through life and have to imagine uh, telling yourself because no one's taught you before, like how to have a simple conversation that is lighthearted and fun with women, like. All these interactions I thought I had in elementary, middle school, and high school were sufficient. You know, you you kind of graduate in high school and you're kicked out of the door, uh, not only in the educational system, but also at home. They expect you to just have a plan right away. Um, when, when I think about my situation when I graduated from high school, um, in Saginaw, Michigan. Uh, I, I graduated and my brother drove me down all the way to Detroit to live with my other brother. Um, and I was thankful for the situation, but I really didn't have a plan and I was expected to have one as I stepped into the door which as someone who just turned 18 
you don't know anything. This is the first time they've sprung it up on you at all. Like, no one's taught you how to go apply for a job. No one's taught you how how to talk to strangers regularly. Like, there's no personal development at all there. And I'd blame it to being the son of a refugee, but I'll be real here. It's it's not just that. It's also the government and the society that we live in, how far we kind of really accept everyone uh, or that we don't. Because, I mean, there's there's got to be a line somewhere. But where is that line? And am I crossing it today? I mean, that's usually what I think every day and it's kind of really terrifying to live with them like that, but I'd say that uh, I'm, I feel like I can't really relax and be myself. It's, it's the strangest feeling when I'm uh, trying to rest and just calm my eyes. I just can't keep it down. Like all these fucking annoying thoughts in my head. And, like I said, recently, it's just been wrapped around my perception of all these triggers, and I'm almost positive that most of these triggers are from how I thought I needed to handle being homeless, living in Portland, in a storage unit that was turned into an art studio that I'd been taking bird baths out of. <laughs> the people I know and the people I met during that entire time who didn't know or might have known or might have had some clue. Like, I was this fucking weirdo and no one knew. And then a couple of days ago, all these people I've known for years, now they know the truth. And I just shit the bed on everything. And I don't know how anyone feels about it, but all I know is that, like, something has to change. This art, the way my head is kind of wrapped around it, it has to change. Because, <laughs> like, this. I really like what I'm doing with this really bizarre style with patterns and layering and context of the symbols. Like, it's, it's very interesting. But I'm super tired of the way I feel about women when it comes to the art. Like, I, I just can't separate it anymore. And it's, maybe it's because I called it attraction. And maybe that, that's why every time I hear the word attraction, I just kind of maybe lock it up into this category. Yeah. It's, it's becoming more and more exhausting. Um, so, I'm hoping tomorrow, December 1st, um, I'll hear back, um, about a, a counselor they're going to speak to um, because I'll be starting some therapy. Um, this is something that I'm 100% sure I think I need. Um, because I don't know what it's going to be like when I never paint again or make something again. Like, I've had moments where six months I didn't touch anything. This is the first time it's like been this long. I think that's also because of the the ridiculous amount of abuse that I kind of put myself through to just make stuff 
these intense moments like oh do like 40 hats in a month or no <laughs> what do I think about it's, it's 40 hats within four days <laughs> <laughs> that's what that was for for J.O.'s birthday and then like for Casey's goodbye it was like 40 t-shirts <laughs> and some and then after that it was just like a stupid idea of a thousand fucking drawings somewhere in the mix of there right? I did an 8 foot painting gave that away pretty sure that's in the dumpster somewhere oh <laughs> uh, well I I just think about all the things I have been able to do I'm super happy about with the path of my art but I, th- I think somewhere along the lines calling it attraction or making it a theme around attraction or how that's in this kind of twisted sense with women now I, I just don't know how to separate it um, maybe I don't know I, I don't know um, but I'm hoping that this uh, therapist whenever I get to speak to them can kind of help me sort it out um, <clears throat> other than that um, I'm not really sure what I'm going to be doing for art to be honest I know this is uh, episode 2 for podcast um but I think uh I still want to make something and I haven't really thought of what um part of me feels like I'll have a better sense once it becomes the new year so roughly 31 days from now um I don't want to admit that I wish I was still in touch with this neighbor Um, but looking at my history of things I don't know what I'm doing and I feel terrified about it um, I think down the road that's probably going to be another thing I'm going to be looking for um, which is how to do pickup uh, because at this point I really need help because I'm feeling very unhappy um, if I can't have art in my life. I need something that loves me back as art loved me back so I can be committed to life. And I don't mean it in an end all sense, but fuck man. If if I can't depend on myself, and myself is my art then what the fuck am I doing? I think about this and I feel like some people just won't understand but like you lose a part of yourself if you can't even reach that part of yourself anymore and you have all these definitions of what success would be how alive are you in the life you're living saving adding up something for nothing but I just don't get it like I mean like I do get it too because I'm very unhappy because ideally one not in really a relationship 
with someone. I, I'm not surrounded by my friends. I don't have fun, exciting nights at least once a week. Um, I work a nine-to-five, then I help on the weekends. And there's there's no time for me to enjoy myself, and it's fucking annoying. And I can't even enjoy it with with art. And if I can't have art, then why the fuck am I single? Shouldn't I be trying to get laid or something? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, if I'm if I'm a hundred percent honest with myself. There's all these things where, like, there's a gap here, there's a gap there. Like, am I really even worse being alive if I can't even live up to these things? And if we tie everything back to episode one, my sister is no longer around. And if I think about this situation I'm in, now I'm super guilt. <clears throat> now I'm super guilt tripping myself because she's no longer around, and I'm living this shitty life. If I had only created my life for hers, maybe her life would be much happier than everyone else's too. Because I feel fucking miserable. I look at. Uh, I think I talked about it, um, but. I'll circle back to it. If I didn't, I'll maybe jump started it here. But <clears throat> my mom had a stroke in in my middle school years. And she never really came back from it. Called us by different names. Um, disassociative something is um, the symptom or symptoms, I guess. But those are those are the clear signs that there's some neurological damage there because of the stroke so um, I want to say that like she she would be able to hold some small conversations but developing as a young teenager into an adult with an adult who's impaired and there's no real development. I guess what I'm saying is that, like, I don't know how to fix myself to be happier than what I am. Like, I I have the perspective that I can be content living this shitty life by myself if I have my art and it doesn't go away like this I can do this if I just had my art but I haven't been able to make anything for the last year and I can even really say that I felt moved from what I was doing I was enjoying what I was doing how fucked up is that? Like, yes, I get it. I'm super serious, sensitive artist guy. I fucking get it. But if I don't have all these other things, what's the fucking point? Like, seriously, what is the fucking point? Yeah, that sounds like a suicide note. But no one else is saying it. And it's the biggest thing I see glaring at me. What the fuck am I doing? And how do I fix this? I have this huge gap in my life now because I put myself there. If I just look at the straight facts, that's basically what it says. 
I didn't have to run away. I didn't have to go into art. Uh, and I didn't have to waste my life trying to pursue art and be happy in other means. Get a girlfriend, get laid, do whatever. Like, I look at my cousins. They're happily married. They have, they have kids. I look at my brothers. Most of them are like that. Because there's my one other brother and myself who don't have kids. And I think we understand that it's a difficult thing to kind of process. But I know that he's holding out because of me. Because I'm not a real fucking adult. I'm an awful human being. It's like I can't wipe my own ass. I can wipe my own ass, but like, it's like I can't. Like, all these things, I know they're like, not super defining of a person, but at the same time they are. It's kind of like when a hot chick says, well, you gotta ask for consent. And then you ask for consent. And then the, the girl you're asking consent from says, you just killed it. You just killed the fucking mood. And it's better if you don't talk. And then walk out. It's it's just like that. Where the girl says, just put it out there. Be nice. Oh, man. <sighs> I'm fucking losing it. Um, if you guys are still listening, you guys are fucking crazy. Um, but thanks for listening to I Sit Alone. This is episode two. And I am your host.